everyone, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. Garrett. And I'm David. <laughs> Today on the show, we are t- doing kind of a special thing. Instead of talking about what? one movie, we're going to talk about the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe Hell as yeah. we prepare to uh, talk about the Avengers series starting next week. But before we do that, I want to remind you that all of our episodes, past, present, and future, are available at soundcloud.com slash so many sequels pod. Go follow us there and be sure to leave a comment when you listen. Let us know what you think about everything because your comments steer our conversation. Absolutely. Amen. That's a lot. Cool. <laughs> uh, and with that, let's get into it. The Marvel Cinematic Universe... Um, I was going to say started in 2008 with the release of uh, Iron Man, but I suppose it'd be fair to say it probably started a couple years prior to that. Yeah. But Iron Man was the first movie uh, to come out of this new uh, thing Marvel was doing. Right. They were doing something that hadn't been done before. Uh, we didn't know what they were doing yet. No. This this whole uh, idea of a cinematic universe, I don't even think was really explored much in the mainstream. No. At the time, I wouldn't even say it was like a a, a concept. It wasn't even uh, the the idea, or even the phrase "cinematic universe." I feel like it was like it was like it was like around the time before Avengers even released, they even came up with that term, mm-hmm. "cinematic universe." Prior to that, you had crossovers <laughs> at best and spinoffs. You know, like but crossovers on in in real film mm-hmm. was were rare. I mean, you're talking about maybe. The Godzilla and King Kong movies, Freddy and Jason. I mean, there just wasn't much. Yeah, I was trying to find real quick, and I think the answer is harder to find than I was hoping. So maybe David knows, because you're, I think, the more Marvel knowledgeable of of the group. I've learned a lot. Is Iron Man Marvel Studios' first movie as an independent studio? As an independent studio, yes. That wasn't, you know, financed to another? It wasn't in collaboration with uh, Fox. It wasn't in collaboration with... Uh, Universal, and it wasn't in collaboration with uh, Sony. Uh, Sony. Um, now they were still distributed, I think, by Paramount. Yes. So distri- distribution was all that Paramount was really responsible for. They didn't like have any creative input, but this was the first thing they created. Marvel Entertainment had existed for a while, and Marvel Entertainment was responsible for anything that they did in terms of non-comics, sort of TV, video games, film. Marvel, but they then created their separate Marvel Studios, which then was responsible for just film. And you started to see the Marvel Studios logo in some of the later, uh, early 2000 stuff, the Spider-Man 3s, I think, and X-Men 3 and stuff like that. And then with Iron Man, that was their first, hey, this isn't just us producing at all levels, whether it's writing, directing, producing, filmmaking, all that. What do you think about their decision to do Iron Man? Because if you look at where we started and where we ended with Marvel in the cinematic universe, or where we are now, not ended, but like it is a global phenomena, one could say. Um, general masses enjoy it. People who didn't grow up on comic books enjoy it. People who grow up on comic books mostly enjoy it, but they're mouthy, so whatever. Um, do you think that Iron Man made sense to start with? Because I would argue that the general masses don't have any idea in 2008 know who Iron Man is. Because I didn't. I had no clue who Iron Man was. They did a good job marketing it, and I wanted to see it. But I was like, who is I? I don't know anything about Iron Man. I I would disagree. 
And the reason why is that Iron Man... <clears throat> I've known Iron Man ever since I was a kid. Yeah, but you're 70. Oh, shit. <laughs> but like... <laughs> you were there for the golden age. <laughs> you basically God. helped Stan Lee create it. Like, I don't know. But anyway. He was, a, he was a good drinking buddy. You're both kind of right, though. Garrett's right in that... As far as a character goes, he was on the periphery mm-hmm. of even being considered a B-list character by the mainstream. But Andrew's right. Like, there had been some prior stuff. There was an Iron Man animated show. There had been... He's, he'd been in the comics for a long time. I think people were aware of the concept. And even mm-hmm. if they weren't, they knew the, uh, the Black, uh, Black Sabbath song, Iron Man. Yeah. So, at the very least, they could go like, oh, and they have some level of like, I've heard the words Iron Man before. It's not like Doctor Strange. Where, like, I've never even heard the phrase Doctor Strange other than Doctor Strange Love, I suppose. But what do you think the choice... I would argue that... They obviously didn't have the rights to Spider-Man, but I would argue that Captain America is the more recognizable one. Well, you, they you'd, be, you'd be wrong there. That. You think so? Yeah, the most recognizable character they had any rights to use was the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Like, Hulk is... Hulk is a... a you know, is like, has, like, international recognition compared to anybody else they had early rights to. Sure. You look at Thor. Even Thor, most most people are going to think of the Norse, Norse god... They're not going to picture it as the comic book character. Iron Man had, like we said, some periphery stuff, but they'd already made like three or four Hulk films, whether they were made for TV movies or TV shows or the Ang Lee Hulk film by that right, point. Right, but that's why they wouldn't want to start with Hulk because of the travesty that was that. They technically did start with Hulk, though, because it came out the same yeah. year. Incredible Hulk came out the same year as Iron Man. I would say that everybody's argues that uh, all of the Hulk movies in general are just basically forgotten and ignored. They are. They're but connected which is, to Which is extent, unfortunate, like, in my opinion, but it's whatever. Um, but to answer your question, though, I think Iron Man was the right first step because he was so different than any other character that had been presented as a superhero before Agreed. while having all the familiar aspects. He wasn't a Batman or a Superman. He was like, a very self-centered person. He wasn't a Spider-Man. He would, and he's a guy who kind of he's a self-made superhero, and I think that allowed them to have a very interesting, unique first film with that, and it really captured people with the with what they did, and they they kind of brought in a rock and roll element with them and made him feel like a grown like an adult superhero. Whereas I think you look at Batman, you look at Superman, they are grown ups, but they feel very much like four kids in for for to a lot of people whereas iron man kind of felt like this is a guy who drinks and parties and you know kind of has a wild side that we hadn't really seen done before so i think it was a good first step i i you just kind of blew my mind a little bit when you uh pointed out that uh, incredible hulk came out the same year as iron man i think i'd forgotten that and would have when entirely guessed that hulk had come out uh, the next year, mm-hmm. but they re- literally were a month apart. That's yeah. it. It came out on Father's Day. I remember going and seeing it with uh, like nine dads and their kids. <laughs> I saw it by myself uh, with nine dads and their kids, and they were having a great time. They, it was kind of fun to watch a bunch of kids be really excited yeah. about watching Hulk Smash stuff, <clears throat> and uh, and I enjoyed it. And it featured the first uh, prior to the credits cameo by a non by by a previous MCU character because Tony Stark Tony Stark shows up right at the end of the first Incredible Hulk. And you got Sam Jackson showing up was cool, but Sam Jackson didn't exist. Sam Jackson as Nick Fury didn't exist prior to Iron Man. Tony Stark showing up at the very end of Incredible Hulk made made me in the theater go, oh my gosh. Like, I, I, I could not believe that I, we were, I had actually seen the character cross over. Did Iron this new Man thing. have a post-credits? It did. What it was, was it? It was Sam Jackson showing up at the end, and he says, yeah, Tony Stark walks in uh-huh. to his home, his 
security system's all disabled, and he sees Nick Fury looking out the window, and Nick Fury gives him this speech of, you know, I am Iron Man, right? You've just walked into a bigger universe. You just don't know it. Oh, I'm here to talk to you about yeah. the Avenger Initiative. And it was that moment at the end of the credits, which I didn't even stay for the first time. Why would you? Friend, yeah. friend told me, hey, did you see after the credits? And I went, huh? <laughs> he goes, go watch, the, go watch the movie again. So I went and watched the movie again. You see that, and you go, what? Am I wrong what? in thinking that that wasn't supposed to necessarily spin off this massive universe? Like, yes. I feel like I... Had... I think that was intended the okay, whole time. I thought I had read somewhere that that wasn't necessarily what they were shooting for as far as it to turn into something like this. Like, I feel like they said they had an idea of what they wanted to do, but not blow it up into what it has become. But I, I was trying to find that article and I can't find it, so maybe I'm just dreaming. I think you're right. I Even think... if they said it, I don't think I believe it. I think it I, feels too calculated. The most, the closest I've heard is I think in Iron Man Two, I think there's a behind. When, I think you know those featurettes you get on the DVD. I think Kevin Feige said that had Iron Man not worked out, then it would have just been a dopey bad. Yeah, it would have been a cool po- little... post credits ending that they never uh, lived up to. You know, and they thought worst case scenario, we never make an Avengers movie, but this is kind of a weird tag at the end of the film. But even then, I think you know, it was deliberate that. Hulk came out so soon after and then connected them mm-hmm. because while, yeah, obviously Iron Man started the the whole post-credit thing, I think it's Hulk scene that really showed audiences this was a thing. Yeah. To, to tie them in like that, to bring yeah. Tony back to meet. Bruce. Yeah, and it, and is this and they, they he and Tony follows up on the through line of like I'm putting the team together, you know, and so you start to go like, oh, they're really doing something. They might really be doing something here. And then we'd have to wait two more years to get. I think, uh, I think Iron Man two would be the next film in the. Yeah. Then yeah. After <clears throat> Hulk is Iron Man two, one of the one of the honestly more forgettable movies I in, think, especially in Phase one. Yeah. It has um, good moments, but overall, yeah, it's not necessarily it most do exciting. Much. Really, um, the first, the phase one isn't overly exciting. No, I don't think. No, but it, it, what it did but do, it introduces, it introduces characters, and it starts to build the brand. It starts to build what you can recognize as an as a Marvel MCU movie. You know, there's humor, there's action, there's cool, there's there's usually cool effects, and you got a lot of fascinating actors playing fun characters. Whether or not every film is perfect is kind of, you know, you could make you can make debates yeah. about, you could argue about. But you know, Iron Man two it sets up Black Widow, it sets up War Machine, it gives you uh, the most Nick Fury I think we we had had in a film at that definitely we'd had a film at that point, and you get a little bit furthering of Iron Man's whole uh, you know mm-hmm. self destructive slash you know trying to improve his legacy storyline. So the other two characters introduced in Phase One are Thor and Captain America. Uh. Thor, I think, is the hard one there. Mm-hmm. You know, Iron Man was a risky move to to put that character out first, but I think Thor is the weirdest of them all mm. and had the most opportunity to fail. Thoughts on that? Absolutely. And I also, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't like the first Thor movie. No, you're not big on it. We had I a think Kenneth Branagh was a bad directing choice. It's too Shakespeare. Like, I get that he's a Norse god and he's got, like, this element, but, like, it's too <laughs> Shakespearean. And that's not what I want out of my superhero movie. It's unfortunate. Now, I, would, I would argue that as we continue and see the evolution of Thor, he has become more likable, but also more in lines with the stereotype of like a big dumb jock. 
Yeah. And I think there's more to him than that. Um, I think there's a level balance. I would much rather take current Thor than original Thor, though. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no I, I agree because the first Thor wasn't painful, but it was very forgettable. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I saw the first Thor uh, not too long ago, and to be honest with you, I don't really remember it. <laughs> I just, I just, I, it, it just, I don't really care about it. And we have, we have somebody who's relatively new in the lead, yeah. and we have a great supporting cast, and we're supposed to be drawn to, th- we're supposed to be drawn to uh, Chris Hemsworth, who's again not really known, and it's not, it's not a huge draw. It's not until it wasn't really until like the Avengers when I was just like, oh, that's Thor, okay, you know. He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you okay. Oh, that's Andrew. Thor. Okay. Look at his face. Look at look at his look at his look at his smug face right now. Uh, uh, Do I need to clarify? No, no, I'd rather you didn't. I'd rather you didn't. I just love the thought. You know, it wasn't until Avengers when yeah, I thought, like, oh, that's Thor. <laughs> Okay. What until his second? Oh, Hulk? It wasn't until his second appearance where you're like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> no. Okay. So for my take, I'm a very, yes. I, I'm very, I, I, I could be considered defensive of almost any of these movies, I suppose, and I, and I don't necessarily hate being in that position, but I think yes, Thor is the riskiest. You're absolutely right. It is the most bizarre of the ones they could introduce first. I think. It would be easier to introduce Thor now than it was then. Mm-hmm. Well, like, they know what they're doing. They with, have a better. They know idea what they're, what they're doing. doing. They've introduced characters that are, if, any, if anything, more odd than Thor at this yeah. point. Yeah. Introducing Thor as your third film, or I guess fourth film, say Iron Man Two, is your as your as your fourth character really was a big risk, and I think that the first film, honestly, you, it's too much Shakespeare for you. It's not enough for me. Because the, all the stuff on Earth to me is the least interesting. The stuff where they're in Asgard, the stuff where it's all the Norse gods and they're doing stuff like that to me is like stuff where it's like okay, that's the most interesting aspect of this. Is it's a he's not a superhero. He's like essentially a fantasy hero. You know, he's from a whole other world and stuff. And that to me was fascinating. And it follows up that way in Thor: The Dark World. They go to Earth and I go, why are we on Earth? Everything else is way more interesting up there in your where you're from. And you're coming down here to hang out with a couple of... You're coming down here to hang out with two broke girls? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, I like that show. Thank you very much. <laughs> what are we doing? So, like, that was... that For me, That I, I kind of wish they were up there more. I think that uh, as far as the film goes for the first Thor movie... And we, we might talk about this more one day. We might do the Thor franchise on its own. But for me, any scene that's just two actors in that movie mm-hmm. is wonderfully directed. The special effects stuff seems like it was farmed out to people who know more about special effects yeah. and, or know more about action fighting because I don't think that's really Kenneth Branagh's strong strong suit. All the more but reason I think, to not cast him or not have him as the director but of I action think, movie. But I think anything that is Anthony Hopkins and, say, Tom Hiddleston, anything that's Anthony Hopkins and Chris Hemsworth, you watch them, they're wonderfully acted, they're wonderfully shot, and they're wonderfully directed. So I think that... For me, is the part those are the parts of the film that make that make me that I enjoy the most is any of the actual acting parts. Um, that's my big takeaway. Like it's not my favorite. And it's not, and, and and honestly, I want to say that people love Thor Ragnarok. The fact that it only took them three movies to get Thor right is amazing when you consider how many times they've tried to make Spider Man's and Batman's and Superman movies. And I don't feel like they've still quite gotten Superman perfect. No, like no. you could say the first that's Superman movie. DC, d- dumb. I know. <laughs> 
but it's Superman. He's the most famous superhero ever. They got Thor. The, He's literally yeah, the one of the least popular known. heroes ever, and they got him right. They, they've made they've made him an international star yeah. in three movies. Listen, we'll get Superman people. You can't you couldn't get people to that movie. We'll circle back to this. But <laughs> I feel like since we're on this topic, I'll bring it up. The the Marvel Cinematic Universe has my one hundred percent support, and they have not done me wrong. They have movies that aren't as good as some of the other ones, but for me. And I was a fan anyway, but for me, when they came out with Ant Man, mm-hmm. Ant Man was my first big concern because mm-hmm. to me, not Guardians. I no. can't believe Guardians wasn't a concern for you, but Ant Man was. Ant Man was. being so generic, only as because <laughs> for me, I don't know much about Ant Man. He's another one that I feel like people know who he is, but all all they know is like, you know, for me, Ant Man was the Marvel Aquaman. Mm-hmm. He shrinks. Whoop de doo. Mm-hmm. Whoa! What's he gonna do? And I was like, "There's no way that they can." This is my major concern, my big concern. And then I watched it, and it was funny, and it was good. And I was like, "Okay, if you can make me a fan of Ant Man, you got me. Like, I will not question you until you prove <laughs> that you can that you did bad, right. and you haven't done bad. You've done not as good, but you haven't done bad." None of these are rotten, like really. Like I mean, you no. could say that. I, I honestly think that some of the movies in Phase Two, your Thor, your Thor, the Dark Worlds, your Iron Man threes aren't super. But I wouldn't say that any of these. You watch them and they're going to get like fruit thrown at the screen or anything like yeah. that. They're not bad. Um, Those are the only want, two I've not. You want to talk about Captain America: First Avenger? Yeah, let's do that. Captain America is the the final uh, piece of the Avengers to be introduced in Phase One. Uh, it's also the first. Um, uh, I don't want to call it prequel, but it is set mostly during during World War II. Yeah, it's the earliest set. It's the yeah. earliest set. It's not set in present day like the others are. Did they get the- everything historically accurate, Andrew? Or you were there. Was that? Uh, were there some things about that one that you didn't like? Uh, uh, you all can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, to introduce Captain America the right way, you would you would have to yeah. set the piece during World War II. They they would have had to have butchered the character to not do that. Um, so I think that's why that movie it has one of the more interesting tie-ins to the universe overall with the way that they bring him to the future or the mm-hmm. present um, and, and tie him into the Avengers initiative. Yeah. Other think? than that, it's mostly... A, a lot of these movies, these origin movies are non-consequential. Uh, yeah. It's just uh, nothing really matters until we see that tie-in. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of these are pretty much standalone just so they can establish the characters and people have an association with them. Um, the first Captain America movie is not my favorite. and I, It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I think for me the reason that I didn't initially like jump on board with it was because of the beginning where you had Chris Evans' head on a tiny body and it didn't look good. And so for that, until he became the super soldier... It was really messing with me because I just didn't think the special effect of that looked good and it really sucked the reality out of it. Interesting. And then whenever they got to it, like it was a, an incredible feat what they did. Like I'm mm-hmm. not knocking the attempt. I just didn't think it looked great and it, it sucked me out because his head was so big and his body was so tiny mm-hmm. and it was weird. And I- then when he became the super soldier, I was like, okay, now, I, now I'm in more mm-hmm. based in reality. But that first, I don't know. 30 half hour or however long it is it was, I was like ah, this just doesn't look that great so, so but I, I don't I want, I'm jumping Andrew's spot here I don't want to let Andrew go first but I do want to say you, you had seen Chris Evans before yeah. and other things so 
I watched this film. I, I, I Josh and I actually watched this. We went to the theater together on to my birthday. On his birthday, it was a big day. <laughs> I remember. And uh, <laughs> but I showed this movie to my mom in 2000. I don't know, 14 mm-hmm. or something. My mom's never seen any of these movies. Really, like she, I think she has. She has walked by while Iron Man has been playing. She has some awareness of the what the Guardians movies look like. She never seen Captain America, so I'm sitting down. Uh, I think my brother had put it in, and we're watching the first Avengers. She's watching this whole movie. When he comes out of that tube, my mom goes, "What?" <laughs> my mom had no idea what Chris Evans looked like or who he was. Mm-hmm. She's untouched by his appearance, so she she did believe the whole time. So I think it, it really it kind of depends. Like they do, it might be a good job if you have no idea who Chris Evans is or what that he looks be. like. Yeah. yeah, and so like my mom was watching. She goes. She goes, how do they make him taller? Like that was what confused her more than the buffness. How do no, they make him taller? Him. And I was like, I was like, well, the whole time, and I tried to explain it to her, but I was like, well, mom, we'll just watch the DVD extras here after the movie. But yeah. she was stunned by the transformation, and so I think that like, it is a, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like knowing it, for us, we're so burdened with information. This is one of the this this Star Wars, uh, and probably what any other like any pixar film it seems like these days like there's so much information dump that's just on the internet that people are always scouring for that we like oh that's gonna be that guy you know like we just we just automatically assume what characters what actors obviously been cast to play what character like they try to keep it a secret from us but we guess anyway Mm. and then they try you know like there's we're so aware that but but for some people who aren't it actually comes across as a fairly good effect so it's but I but I agree with you. I was watching. And I was going. Yeah, I think they did okay. Like I don't think it's the best job they've ever done. No. And and again, this that was like an experimental thing. To my knowledge, that was something that wasn't like done on the ready. So you know, Marvel has experimented with a lot of things. Like I mean, you look at Captain Marvel now and the de aging of uh, Sam Jackson, or mm-hmm. what it, when it started with um, Michael Douglas in the first Ant Man. Right. Like the de aging thing that they have been able to do and uh, perfect. I would argue. Yeah is incredible but that was just one of the early things but yeah i mean i'd known chris evans from he was in the first uh fantastic four movies and then scott pilgrim mm-hmm. and then this so yeah i knew what he looked like and it was just his head was so big for that tiny body i know it for it, it, me and i was watching i was like okay i think it was a good attempt yeah. they're experimenting which is the most which is which is cool that, that they're trying to forward the technology right. to new ways try to do his uh, incredible things now they've done honestly if they did that trick now it'd probably be even better oh sure <laughs> go ahead Andrew. well i just I just remember Chris Evans from not another teen movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, which which he which he came out and publicly denounced. He does not like that movie. Didn't like it anymore. He doesn't like that oh, movie at true. all. But like, no, um, I'm kind of with you guys because I like Captain America. But whenever I first saw it, I was like, you know, the the effects are okay, are pretty good. the The big head on the small body thing was was a little strange. Um. It got going a little bit. I love the character development. Mm-hmm. I will say that the effects were the effects were really good. But it took me about maybe took me about maybe two or three times before I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually this is actually pretty decent in the series. Like yeah. they actually did him justice because when they first did Captain America back in the <laughs> '80s, when you were 19, but, <laughs> <laughs> when they first did Captain America back in the I think it was the '80s, they did a horrible job mm-hmm. of that. And I think you can find that on YouTube. And if you find don't, it, don't, don't 
Don't watch it. <laughs> I will. So, I think you can find it on YouTube, but don't. It's basically <laughs> Andrew's I, I, I do want to add before we move on that I think of the four, of the first, uh, well, they technically did five, of the first introductory characters of your Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, and Captain America movies, I think First Avenger is the most consequential. It sets up the Tesseract, which is a huge item in Avengers, and it kind of gives you some background on who the on who Captain America is. I feel like Iron Man and maybe even Thor and uh, uh, Black Widow and stuff, you can kind of get who they are in Avengers pretty easily. Um, but Captain America has, you know, kind of like you'd be you'd be really confused, I think, going in. But maybe not. Sure. I, I I could be I could be projecting in that yeah. somewhat. But I I feel like with the setup of the Tesseract, it's the most consequential. Um, and it's the only one that has a really a direct tie-in in because like what happens in Thor doesn't necessarily play into Avengers, nor do the Iron Man films, and the Hulk storyline is only ba- basically referenced. Well, if you look at everything they've done, Captain America is the most um, necessary franchise in itself because of the first Avenger. You have mm-hmm. Civil War, um, the Winter Soldier. All of those three movies are really important to the things that they're setting up, mm-hmm. and a lot of like Thor's and uh, Iron Man's, they tie in, but are more setting up the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. Whereas Captain America seems to be good at focusing on the whole universe yeah. and tying things uh, together. Yeah, their franchises so far have been much more singular. Um, you could even make an argument that recent films, Black Panther and uh, Doctor Strange and... Uh, Captain Marvel, well, Captain Marvel, I suppose, plays in pretty well with the rest of the MCU. But those are kind of like these are separate adventures just for these characters. They're they 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 prevent they prevent the world from being affected by the rest. But like Captain America, as you look at Winter Soldier and Civil War, those ones play pretty huge into the how the rest of the films are affected. Mm-hmm. Um, even Ant Man's very singular. Like that's that was I, I think that's my favorite part about Ant Man is how small scale it is. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> how small scale it is it's like a very small cast and a very small job it's not about saving the whole world it's about stopping one build you know it's about it's about breaking into one building you know yeah so then we get to the first avengers movie right yeah we're at the first avengers movie which uh we are not going to talk about on this episode because you need to come back next week where we will go into a full deep dive into this first avengers movie so uh, very brief thoughts on this one I think mainly in the context of did as as uh, all the previous movies were kind of a uh, uh, puzzle pieces to this big Avengers puzzle. Did they do the work they needed to do mm-hmm. to make the Avengers work? That's the question I'm posing. Yes, okay. and then we can answer that next yes. week. Yes, apparently not. Yes. <laughs> one, one like one word answers, maybe two. Yeah. I'd say yes. Okay. I say yes. I, I I clearly it succeeded. Because here we are today, right. and we're going, uh, uh, what now, six years, seven years past when that film released, That's and crazy. we're working on uh, its third sequel, and we're working on the 22nd film in this entire collection that is known as the MCU. There were people in 2012 saying superhero fatigue has set in, and here they we are. They try to say it every year, they try to say and it there's every year. no evidence. And nope. every year, the most... That I would say almost every year, every year one is released. The most top five most successful films are either superhero movies, right, or comic book movies. Mm-hmm. Like the fatigue has not left, and if anything, Marvel has found a way to keep it going by continually refreshing with new characters, new stories, yeah. new appearances, 
and keep you excited for what's coming next. If we were working on Cap 6 and Thor 7, maybe we would be in superhero fatigue. But what we're looking forward to in the next few years is sequels to Black Panther, sequels to Captain Marvel. Uh, and and we- later in the show, we will talk about that future because we exactly. got some ideas and predictions. Um, but the Avengers overall, I think, is uh, it's such a good movie that I think in the moment it's hard to even say, how do they go from this? But they do it. Mm-hmm. When they launch phase two, with oh, I did want to ask before we move on to phase two, um, and we'll probably make these phase two and three more of a lightning round type of situation. <laughs> For phase one, how would you, how would everyone grade it overall on an A to A through F scale? A through oh F. Goodness, I'd give it a, I'd give it a solid B. Okay, I was also thinking of B. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get I would, M- mainly I wouldn't... because of. You know, at the time I would have given it an A, but I give it a B in the context of, of phase one, two, and three. Right. I think it's a solid B. There yeah. are some there are some missteps, yeah. I think, in Thor and Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Not like failures, but missteps. You're right. Mm-hmm. But I so think I give it a solid B too. But I mean like yeah, because I would not give it a solid A. The only thing I would give a solid A, and we'll talk about this later, would be the Avengers. Because the Avengers ties everything together. It's like, okay. All of this makes sense. And I think with... But anyway. But yeah. Solid B is what I would give it. Okay. Next. Solid yeah. B. Yeah. Is what you said. Is what you said. Okay. I'd what go with a B, B also just because... And you can do you know, plus and minuses if yeah, you Yeah, I'd say B plus. Just because, you know, it's hard to do a full phase of just origin stories. And yeah. I think that now Marvel does a better job of not just... Like, they still kind of do origin stories, but they're not the same structure as, like, Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, where you <clears throat> learn about all of the background. Like, they're doing a better job of putting these people in the movies mm-hmm. so you know who they are, so you don't have to really go through their whole backstory. Yeah. Um, and I think that is, oh, if you go back and watch it, it's a little, it's not rough, but it can be very slow as you learn and develop all of these things. Did you grade it? Not yet. And and Garrett, you're right, because what they do now is they give you an origin story, but the next movie out is a sequel. So they're kind of going back and forth between, like, you get Black Panther, and then you get Infinity War, and then you get Ant-Man and Wasp, and then you get Captain Marvel. So you get, like, you know, and, they, and they've been doing that for a while with, like, new movie, sequel. New movie, sequel. New character. So they're really managing it. If I had to grade Phase 1, I would give it a high B. I'd give it maybe an 88 out of 100. You know, like, I think that because how good Avengers is, how because of how good Iron Man is, and I think that, that Captain America, I would, you know, I think is a solid film. I, I think it's got a lot going for it and a lot of good character and heart. I think because of those three movies, it, it's automatically uh, an A. And then I'll drag it down a little bit because Thor is not the best Thor film. And uh, Incredible Hulk, while I enjoy it, obviously, you know, uh, audiences didn't feel quite the same. So it drags it down a couple points. But I give it a high B. I think it, it's it's a great first step. And if you're watching them, I don't see how you could really be like you. You're not going to leave angry. You're not going to. It's not you know. You're not. It's not Halloween one through six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so phase two begins with Iron Man three, and Iron Man three is important because it's the first movie since the events of the Avengers where uh, aliens have invaded Earth and attacked New York City. And Tony is dealing with the 
the the post-traumatic stress he's gotten from that event as well as just everything else that comes with um, being a part of something like that for someone who is not uh for the first time being asked to be like a hero on a global scale Mm -hmm. so it's a lot to deal with and it's a great um character piece for for tony other than that it's one for i think it's one of the more disappointing movies in the in the series because of how badly the villain is is handled Mm -hmm. etc but as a as a uh way to look into tony's character and how it uh evolves his character it's good yeah and that's that's what makes this movie an important part of the series and nothing else absolutely you're watching for tony's story it's not like the villain is a big build-up and um you know if you're listening to this you've probably already seen it but it's it's kind of a disappointing it's a fairly disappointing reveal uh that comes around with the villain but it's a it's a real i think the point of the movie is also proving that tony doesn't necessarily need the suit you get an extended period of time where Tony can't access his Iron Man suit, and they show you that Tony Stark, on his own, can handle situations, even if he doesn't have that Iron Man suit. And so I think it is—it has fun moments. It's a—it's a, got a new director in Shane Black, I think, um, uh, from John Favreau. So um, it's a little—it feels a little bit different than the first two, but still maintains some of that feel of the, fir- of the first ones. Other thoughts on Iron Man 3 in this lightning round? I have none because I've not seen it. Oh my. What? I've not Oops. seen Iron Man 3 or oh, Thor yeah. the Dark World. I don't have anything yet because most of what I would add would be the same. Perfect. Uh, Thor the Dark World. We'll skip right over Andrew who hasn't seen it yet. I will say that Thor the Dark World is um, another kind of middle, middle of the road mm-hmm. Marvel movie. I, I, the most important part of it is the relationship between Thor and Loki mm-hmm. that is tested throughout uh, you're right that the Earth stuff isn't very interesting in that respect, mm-hmm. uh, and overall it doesn't have a lot of consequences for the for the entire series. So it's just kind of it's one of those movies that is there. Mm-hmm. It is uh, it is somewhat relevant if you're going to watch Thor Ragnarok, but it's not the most relevant movie in the MCU. And I wouldn't even say I, I would even say it it's close to the only skippable MCU film with yeah. Incredible Hulk. Like it's it, it's not. Um, anything that's spectacular if you're a big fan of chris simsworth you'll like it if you're a big fan of tom middleston you'll like it and uh, and then it's also uh, it's got some great anthony hopkins so uh, oh and you know what they they expand uh uh oh uh renew russo um i can't remember her first name renee renee russo they expand her role a little bit so if you're a big fan of renee russo there's some more stuff for her going on but um yeah it's uh not the most enjoyable of the of the of the whole mcu but it's also not so bad that, you know, you're going to leave and, like, throw stuff, you know. You're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be, like, upset watching it. Again, I have nothing to add. This is the most forgettable one for me. I don't remember anything about it. Cool. It does introduce the reality stone. So there's that. Fair enough. Fair enough. So there are some consequences. Um, next is when things start to get really interesting again with Captain America: The Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. um, one of the strongest movies I think of the of the entire bunch. Um, introduces the Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes, who we saw in the first Avenger, but is now back as this uh, sort of Hydra, sword, yeah, Hydra super soldier, of some super sorts. soldier, exactly, super spy of sorts. Yeah, it's crazy, super assassin. <laughs> It's crazy. It's like a great... Um, it's great. 
like a, it's almost like a spy thriller movie more than a mm-hmm. superhero movie, and I think that's it's it's just different than the others, and I think that's what helps make it stand out. Mm-hmm. It definitely pushes Captain America way further forward than any movie has done with the, a character. Maybe since uh, Thor, the, Thor Ragnarok kind of has this element. If you didn't like Captain America: The First Avenger and he wasn't necessarily your favorite Avenger in the in the Avengers movie, then Winter Soldier elevates him so much. He becomes, I mean, just um. Towards the opening, he has this fight on a boat uh, on this big ship where he's running through. He's just running through, guys. And it's just the most awesome Captain America has probably ever looked. He's just like, he just thrust kicks this dude off the boat. And it's like the most, like, uh, it, it shocked me in the theater. I remember going, whoa, like, stunned. And he's just, it, just the fight choreography in the movie, the care, the pacing, the characters, it's all good. Um, it brings back Black Widow. It introduces Falcon. Um, it has a genuinely... Uh, thrilling and interesting storyline, and uh, and it also brings back Nick Fury in a large role, and probably his maybe his largest role um, in any of these movies. It also, in my opinion, brings in two very important people in the Russo brothers, mm-hmm. um, who yes. basically have taken the helm over from Joss Whedon, who we didn't really talk about that in Phase One, but Joss Whedon I think was the perfect person to get things started, and I think that the Russo brothers have been the best people. To continue that, mm-hmm. they have done a wonderful job in keeping everybody interested in taking all of these films because they don't work on every film. So their their main focus is just you know the bigger Avengers pictures, and so they take all of these things and work with all of the directors and figure out how to make it together. And that's what Joss did as well. And when he left, I think people were concerned, but they have done a fantastic job. And what they've done with this was really take a turn to the whole MCU and steer it in a different direction, which was needed. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I think this was like the shot in the arm that Captain America needed. Um, because the first, like as we mentioned before, the first Captain America, it was rocky. This one r- really, really sets it up. And really just really just blazes it away. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember whenever I did see it, I loved it. Um, it's it's full of action. Uh, uh, it's nice to see. It's just not. And you you mentioned just a second ago about uh, the Russo brothers and the writing team that was available because it's same. This is it's the same writing team as um, uh, as Infinity War and Endgame, and directing team as well. So they really could not have gone with better choices on this. Yeah, I agree. Um, there are so many movies left. I'm really just going to start skipping over some of them and start only looking at things that are really important to the the series as a whole. I think, um, in terms of of what we'll like go into. So after the Winter Soldier was Guardians of the Galaxy, not really an important film outside of just introducing these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a little bit of uh, Thanos. Well, we get a lot of Thanos. Yeah, but um, we don't really see the the major tie into the story yet. But Guardians is is hugely influential, I think, on pop culture. Mm-hmm. So that's why I want to bring it up. That playlist, though, right? The playlist. Yeah. James um, Gunn, though, uh, the fact that they made a raccoon in a tree, raccoon such iconic tree. characters. Yeah. Uh, that's all uh, thanks to the 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 genius of Marvel and, and James Gunn, I think, who who wrote and directed. Um, yeah. those movies yeah. after that was avengers age of ultron um really just an important movie in terms of um the incident at sokovia mm-hmm. 
and how that pushes the story forward for the characters leading into Civil War. Um, in between that, we got Ant-Man, just another origin story. Mm-hmm. I got to assume that if anyone's listening to this, they've seen them all. Yeah. yeah at least gonna, a chunk of them. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to Infinity War this and be like, you yep. should know all of these right. things before you go into it. Civil War is uh, probably the most important movie up to this point because uh, it, while it is a Captain America sequel, it is arguably an Avengers movie as well. Yeah, it, it forwards the, the storylines of a lot of characters beyond right. just Captain America. Yes. Um, it's almost interesting that they call it a Captain America movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, he is, yeah. I feel like, still the central character from yeah. his point of view, yeah. but it is very much... Uh, Everybody gets a moment to shine. They introduce Black Panther. They introduce a new Spider-Man. So Yes, that is probably the biggest... The key takeaway from Civil War is, you know, no matter what they do in terms of the the whole fight and the rift between the Avengers, you know they're going to come back together. The biggest part was getting Spider-Man, which for uh, people who follow the production and who follow behind-the-scenes stuff is a huge deal because Sony owns the spider-man rights Mm -hmm. and not marvel so uh this giant deal had to be struck just to get spider-man to appear in an mcu film you know spider-man had at the time had a really rocky go they did the two amazing spider-man movies with andrew garfield which um in my opinion are fine movies yeah but they just didn't perform well. well that was the problem. They were fine. They weren't. Yeah, they like, weren't. They, they weren't, they they weren't, weren't so amazing. Spider Man had been on a downward trend yeah. since Spider Man Three, um, and so which was really a shame because Spider Man is Spider-Man. up there with with uh, he's top on the DC yeah. side. Superman he, and, and Batman. Yeah, he's top three. The biggest superheroes yeah. of all time. So we finally get him back in the deal. Um, you remember the Sony. When all the Sony emails leaked and all that stuff, that's mm-hmm. when we first got the hint that they were oh, working yeah. on it. And yeah, I was like, like, oh my God. This could happen. This could happen. Exactly. It's almost a shame that happened because the surprise we would have gotten. Just in that first having, trailer. Having no, um, no idea. Yeah. So that's why that movie's important. Then we got Doctor Strange. Meh. Just a character introduction. Guardians 2. Meh. Uh, again, again, another film that doesn't tie in. Oh, you guys are crazy. So, well, I'm not, I don't <laughs> Andrew's mean. Andrew's shaking his head no, over there. I'm, I'm shaking my head that's because it head. was. I wish it could have been better. It's I mean, not it, my favorite it because yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's not a bad movie. It's just that it is. Mm, it's more. It, the it same. really only for it's them. more character focused yeah. than the first one, and right. I think people wanted the more comedy, more action. But it does a lot it, for Star Lord's character. Right. It does a lot for uh, Yondu, Gamora, more like so. It's a good movie, but it doesn't it doesn't move the whole MCU forward no. in any real way. It's mostly just for those Guardians characters. Then we got Spider Man Homecoming, uh, the first movie made by Sony in the Marvel universe. Yeah, made in association with Marvel Studios. Yeah, Marvel Studios great. had a lot more creative input. Yes. than and they got Iron Man, and they were the, <laughs> it put Iron Man in the movie. So it, it, this is you could say if you you could count the Winter Soldier. But you, but you could say this is the first of a series of movies that feature two heroes, sort of crossover stuff. This and a film we'll get to here in just a second. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, maybe the funniest MCU movie. Yeah, it's there. definitely up there. I agree. I agree. And, yeah. and has we some got of the, the the almost buddy cop comedy of Hulk and Thor. Yeah. in that one, it's definitely got a, it's definitely got buddy elements, and you you include in that like bringing in uh, the character Valkyrie mm-hmm. and. I think a character has a lot of potential going forward uh, there. And then also you have just some really silly characters like, um, uh, oh, shoot. 
blanked on his name. Uh, the character Tycho Atiti plays uh, Korg. Oh yeah, Korg. Yeah. So and and uh, bringing in Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, never, uh, Goldblum never, is never hurts a, a movie. It gives a, 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 a masterpiece of a performance. <laughs> Get, Jeff Goldblum is a gift from God. Really? No film has ever been made worse with adding Jeff Goldblum. Amen to that. You name me one bad Jeff Goldblum movie, and I'll show you a liar. <laughs> uh, the cats and dogs, cats versus dogs. <laughs> he was all right, man. <laughs> He's the yeah. bad talking. It's not bad cat. because of Jeff Goldblum. It's bad because of everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then where does that bring us up to? Thor Ragnarok, and then I think it's Black. And then Panther. I think it's yeah. yeah. We, we'd time, be remiss yeah. to not talk about Black Panther, the first Marvel movie um, to win an Oscar, mm-hmm. nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Ridiculous! You, it took that long for he, them to win an Oscar. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Especially in terms of the effects. And well, all and especially that. when you look at the fact that Suicide Squad won an Oscar before a Marvel movie. <laughs> that is wild. That um, the movie made seven hundred million dollars domestic too. Yeah, that the, is the, nuts. the money that Black Panther made is is insane. Like, uh. You'll know this because I know you follow box office I'm stuff. I'm big on it. Like, yeah. 2019 is off to a poor start in comparison simply because Black Panther doesn't exist in oh, this yeah. year. Ha- yeah. Black Panther came out in t- February 2018 and gave the box office such a huge boost yeah. that 29 is hurting because of it. Oh, yeah. No, That's crazy. No February, because it was, like I said, released February. No February will ever have a year like 2019 probably ever again. Every year they're going to go, February's down. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's like, well, it's always going to be down because you had a movie released in that summer that made, uh, it, I think it made five hundred million dollars in February alone. Yeah, it was huge. Maybe I'm wrong. It could be only four hundred. But the point is, it the only thing that slowed Black Panther down was Avengers finally being released. Yeah, like it was yeah. still in the top, I think eight when Avengers came out. Well, I think the one thing that we haven't really mentioned, and and, and that's and I think it shows in Black Panther is the lack of diversity that you get in these superhero movies. It's all, you know, you look at them and they all look the same. It's all just a bunch of white guys running mm-hmm. around doing stuff. And there's no female-focused people. There's Black Widow, but she's not a focus. She's a side. Mm-hmm. And there's no characters of diversity. I have a point to make about this, too. Um, and so I think that finally you get to a point where you have a character that mm-hmm. reaches to a different audience, plus attracts the audience that's been that's invested in this. Yeah. You expand your brand. And so with... Uh, Black Panther and Captain Marvel and the success that those two have seen, mm-hmm. you open the door finally to get your paws into different people. So right. you can search for, you know, and a different that's not just a, a white guy that can yeah. sell a movie. And here's what I want to here's a comment I want to make on that. Cuz I've heard a lot of people say a lot of people compl- there are a lot of people out there who complain or 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 sort of criticize and it's not bad. You I absolutely think that you know these movies are totally um available for criticism that they that they'd made 21 movies before they had a female-led film that they made 16 movies before they had a black lead you know i kind of say thank goodness that they built the brand so that those movies are the most successful captain marvel is on pace to get up to to make more money than the third captain america movie mm-hmm. it might make more than the th- so think about that think about they made thor Iron Man and Captain America, three white guys, 
and they made those films well, they could have released Black Panther in 2010, and you know what it would have done? It would have done Thor numbers. Yeah. It would have done okay. I agree with that. And they could have released Captain Marvel in 2011, and it probably would have done Captain America First Avenger numbers, and it would have been okay. It wouldn't have been a global phenomenon. But what they did was they built a brand that people recognize so much that people were demanding to see these kind of characters, and then they release it, and what Captain Marvel is at what? Five hundred sixty million dollars worldwide right now, or uh, closing in on seven hundred uh, or something. Eight hundred and twenty million. Eight hundred twenty million worldwide. That's crazy. Yeah, it, and it, just two weeks ago, the internet was a buzz that Captain Marvel would fail. Yeah, and, right. Well, that's because the internet it, sucks. Well, the internet's the internet. The internet can be that way. Exactly, but and that's why was, you can't listen to them. But back in back in 2010, 2011, if they'd done it back then, if it was the third movie they released. You're looking at you're looking at probably lower way lower numbers. Sure, I agree but Black with that. Panther is the highest grossing is is the highest grossing movie of the MCU more than Avengers: Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Probably it'll probably make more than Endgame at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And Captain Marvel is surging its way up to maybe be the highest grossing uh, uh, origin film they've ever. Or maybe not Black because of Black Panther, but highest grossing film they've made that's not Black Panther or named Avengers. Right. So. And I think you're going to see potentially the same thing going forward when if with some of the new characters they're going to introduce in the future, which we'll get into in a sec. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. I think it's uh, I think it's a good thing. And I think that if you look at the source material, you know, comics came about in the early '60s, '50s. I mean, DC's been around forever, but mm-hmm. like whenever they were hitting their stride, they didn't have a lot of diverse characters, and so a lot of these characters are white men Mm -hmm. and so that's what the source material they were working with and you had black panther but you know i can't really name other diverse comic characters that were uh, some of the original names you can't definitely can't name any that were more popular than the ones they started with yeah like they're like black panther is probably on par Mm -hmm. with all of the characters they started off with but was he at what you know like is he's you know can you think of other minority characters from Marvel comics that are like more popular than the movies they've made? No. no, and they're 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 having to reach down and find the characters they do have, and they're gonna make mega stars out of them. Yeah. What do you what do you have to say, Andrew? About about Black Panther, I would say you guys have pretty much covered everything I was gonna say. But one of the things I love about Black Panther is is just how much you know. You all said about how diverse it is, but I love how how culturally significant that it is Mm -hmm. and how it's able to display that and how it's able to stay true to that. And it's, it it really kind of, it really kind of sucks you into this whole world of Wakanda. And ever since then, people have been kind of going, going crazy over it. And I, and I love it. I, uh, everything about it, everything about black Panther, I, I was real skeptical about it at first, but now I'm, I'm like, Oh, this is actually very good. And what they did was very good. Um, the soundtrack, uh, Oscar winning, Oscar, Oscar winning. Well, it's Oscar winning score. Yeah. Uh, even down to the, uh, the costumes, which Oscar are, winning, which are mm-hmm. Oscar also Oscar winning. Um, um, the set, the set design was great. Oscar winning, right? Oscar winning. And the performances, the performances were really good. Michael B. Jordan 100% should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I, I was getting ready to say that. Yes, Michael B. Jordan should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor because he... It, it's it's really... If the, if there's any... like It's Black Panther's movie, but it's also his movie. Mm-hmm. Because there's a huge yeah. understory to this. I mean, he is... Maybe this is a hot take. <laughs> the best villain in the MCU. Is, up yeah. to this point. Yep. He's definitely the best one He's the best villain yeah because 
he's complex and he's one of those characters where you can look at him and even when he's wrong you can see his logic Mm -hmm. and that's when a villain gets really scary when you can almost empathize with him i'd argue that the two best villains because marvel has their characters are really good because you can connect with them but their villains are not that great no uh the two best villains they've had are i'm so uh, curious as to who you're gonna say michael b jordan and killmonger and Michael Keaton as well. Yes, I was yes. hoping you'd say Vulture. They have been on an upswing with the villains lately. They have they had lately. bad ones, lately but you look have. at Vulture. I think Ego's a good villain. I think Killmonger's a good villain. I think Thanos is a good villain. I think Hell is a good villain. So there you go. Helena was a good villain. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's Black Panther. Who hasn't seen it? That's yeah. probably the one most seen so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, after that. Uh, is uh, the big one, Avengers Infinity War, which is not because it's another Avengers movie. We will hold off on our main thoughts because we'll cover, we'll that, cover that in a few weeks, Very right soon. before Endgame comes out. Infinity what? Infinity, uh, Infinity Conflict. <laughs> <laughs> forever forever Conflict, yeah. the rip-off version. And then after that, uh, we just had a, a, another sequel in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is a totally competent movie. Mm-hmm. Funny. It's, um, yeah. Passable. There's nothing. There's nothing really wrong with it's it. A, you know, it was a. It's kind of like a breather. After yeah, exactly. The, uh, yes. The intensity of it. My War. my wife describes it as the the needed comedy relief. It's a palate cleanser after a Infinity bit, War. Yeah. You know. And then we have Captain Marvel, which just just came out this year. Right. Uh, Marvel's first female led film, starring Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, set in the 1990s, I believe 95 to be specific. I think, yeah, yeah, I think that flashes on the screen. Yeah. We got Sam Jackson playing a. A young Nick Fury, a young Nick Fury with both eyes. Yeah, we have um, That's my, Phil one. Coulson yes. uh, back from the dead. If you only watch the movies, and has always been alive. If you're a real fan, <laughs> <laughs> and, watch, and watch Agents of Shield in his rookie days, he was. But he's he back was... in his. He's a trainee. He's a rookie. Right. Uh, I'm gonna tease it because it's gonna be next week's episode. I got some shit to say about Phil Coulson. He does. He um, was giving me the rundown last night. Oh, man. It might be a Phil Coulson show. Uh, it might be. Do you watch a- Agents Hell of Shield? Hell yeah, I watch Agents of Shield. And you watch Agents of Shield. We're the only three in the in the country. <laughs> in the- <laughs> is it is it on Netflix? It is yeah, on it Netflix. Is. All you the seasons are on it. Netflix. It's one of those ones where uh, I hate it when people tell me this, so I'm sorry I'm going to have to tell you this. you got to watch most of the first season yeah. <laughs> before it gets really good. Okay. Basically, but- there's a point where it ties into the films, and then it's like... And Good crazy from, from there. there. And then it becomes a totally awesome show. But it does take some getting through. Yeah. But I'll, I'll say I'll say this because I have recently rewatched that first season. The first it, it's it's around episode seventeen that things kick off and you get like a dedicated storyline and an, like a real arc. Mm-hmm. But those first sixteen episodes, I say, go back when you're watching them. Really, really think about them and watch them and, and cherish the characters because. Everything changes. True. Everything spe- everything that was, you know, like it's a very it's kind. Of, I compared to the first season of Star Trek, uh, the Next Generation. Like the first season is not the best season, but it is like it does get you sort of like ingrained into the characters. We can cut all that if we need to. Nah, <laughs> we we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, Agents of Shield is part of the MCU. Yep. Right. It is. It is part of the overall universe. Yep. Um, One thing that I wish a lot of the, I mean all the. We won't talk about these because yeah. most of us haven't seen all of them, but I just wanted to run through the list real quick. Uh, television series that take place within the MCU are Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, um, 
the the unfortunate Inhumans miniseries. Oh, yeah, I'm watching Netflix that. is Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders, and Punisher. Uh, Marvel's Runaways on Hulu. Marvel's Cloak and Dagger on Freeform. I've not started that. And yet. then there are uh, three upcoming Disney Plus series called uh, based on the Vision and, and Scarlet Witch, Loki, and uh, apparently a Falcon slash Winter Soldier series. Oh, oh yeah, I yeah, heard yeah. About that that's one. all yeah. coming to Disney supposedly, Plus. Supposedly, now this is not been confirmed in any way, but I remember reading that it was it was it was something that had been talked about which always means that it's it's probably just speculation on somebody's part but chris evans is an aspiring director maybe he would direct a falcon and bucky uh, series that'd be great that would be fascinating to see have you have you, i'm gonna ask david specifically have you seen runaways or cloak and Daddy? i have not started them i really want to i know they're both on hulu and you can watch both of them there but i i've yet to start them i have watched all of Daredevil, all of Jessica Jones, all of Luke Cage, all of Iron Fist, mm-hmm. and I'm a starting Punisher, but I have been putting off Cloak and Dagger. I've been putting off Runaways just because I know the least about them. They're both, I'll say they're both pretty good. I mean, they're both, uh, they're more teen focused. I mean, Runaways, the main characters are teenagers. Same for Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger airs on Freeform, which is kind of a, a young adult mm-hmm. themed network. So they're not really adult in nature. But none of the shows really are outside of the Netflix ones. Right. So as long as they're telling good stories, then that's and I, kind and of I most think they part. are at least in season one of Runaways. I haven't started two yet. So that's that's the TV side. So that wraps up the history of uh, the MCU. Andrew has a question uh, or a we, statement. Well, since we graded Phase One, I was going to get to that. I forgot because okay. I totally forgot to have us grade Phase Two. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So let's what. Um, how would everybody grade Phase 2? Which, just as a reminder, was Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, The Winter Soldier, Guardians, Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. I'd give it an A-. minus. Ooh, wow. interesting. I think it's not as good as Phase 1, mm-hmm. so I'd lower my grade to maybe a B- minus or a C+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was leaning towards C+. Plus. The, 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 it, the, it's like... You're you wrong, got, and we hate you. It's like you got <laughs> no, you can keep you got Iron Man three, Thor, Avengers, and Ant Man, and I'd say those are roughly not strikeouts, but like fouls or singles. Mm-hmm. And then you got the Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy, and those are at minimum triples and home runs. Yeah, they're, so yeah, like, they're definitely they're good. such opposite ends of the spectrum that it's I would la- yeah, I'd label it even, like a C. You know, I, I yeah, I go I go. A low B, like like B minus eighty one at best. Yeah, like it's it's just on the cusp. I think Guardians and Winter Soldier are so good that you could watch them. Um, I could watch them over and over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other ones are okay. Like they're not the worst. They're not the best, but they are. I mean, honestly, they are. At the, my wife always says that at their worst, Marvel's still better than most other superhero movies yeah. that yeah. came out before they were made. Before, like you just prior have to, to hold the MCU these to a different standard. Yeah, it's just you it's have to re- grade it within. It's itself. really hard to watch Avengers and then watch a Thor: The Dark World and go yeah. like, ah, yes, this is on par. It's just not. It, right. it's, it's just uh, they've create they create such high standards for themselves that when they yeah. fall anywhere in between, it can be a little uh, hard to grade mm-hmm. because you go like, well. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't as good as I expected. Yeah. I'd like to change my grade. <laughs> so You've already submitted it. I've already submitted it. Too late. It because I just realized that this is phase two and I'm not seeing Iron Man three or the or Thor the Dark World yet. I was my grading then rubric. You're, oh, my so gra- you're missing two of the worst ones. My 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 grading rubric was Captain <laughs> was the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, 
Age of Ultron and Ant-Man. Yeah, okay. Uh, those four I really do like. I could give them A-, minus. yeah. I would give this, regrading it, I'd give this maybe an 84. Yeah. Okay. okay. 84. Okay. So, again, solid B. Nothing changes. I don't know. I'm going to throw a wrench into your regrading scale and Ow. say that if you haven't seen the, those two that we say are bad, you I don't think you can factor those in. That's, yeah. that's, I say so your grade is your throwing minus, your grade out. I think your A minus is fine for you because <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it is based on what you know what you have seen. You have to grade and I think honestly that's fair. I you think going that, somewhere, Chief? No. I think they could be. I think <laughs> I think you could make stiff. the argument that Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy are high A's. Ant Man and Age of Ultron could be high B's to low A's, and so they would drag, they would kind of even it out, yeah. at, you know, like an A minus. Okay. So I, I could see that. But if you add the other two in, I think you'd join us down here. Okay. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to take your grade, though. We're going to throw it out, though. Okay. So then, Phase Three is everything since Civil War. Okay. Uh, that one for me is an easy A plus. Yeah. Yeah. There are. I'm looking at the list. None of these are are bad whereas i think in marvel standards some of the phase two movies borderline bad yeah for marvel standards yeah um the only truly forgettable film in phase three in my opinion is doctor strange and that is not to say it's a bad movie it's just forgettable it's just very different you know it's it's probably if anything it's the most different of of this phase three group i also give it an a plus um, I think that Infinity War, which we'll talk about in the future, I think that did so much for the Doctor Strange character that I think a sequel for him will be better um, and people will be more in- interested in it. But yeah, I think that all the films, it's hard to not like any of them. They're probably the ones I would rewatch the most. You're talking about Spider-Man Homecoming, Black Panther, uh, Infinity War. I watched Ant-Man and Wasp just the other night. Um, it's fun. Just for the fun of it. And um, I want to talk about something that I noticed with Ant-Man and Wasp that you guys have talked about in the past and i'll uh I'll, I'll, I'll anyway i'll get to it in a minute okay what's your grade yeah i'd say it's an a plus um again doc i liked dr strange dr strange was for you ant-man for me you but only because i i don't like benedict cumberbatch yeah not because of the character yeah i thought the character's yeah. fine i don't like benedict right. cumberbatch i still don't really yeah yeah, but it's a fine but movie. I would say that Ant Man and the Wasp and Doctor Strange are the two that are the weakest on this list, and weakest in a sense of the other ones are just so. <laughs> Alan Guardians too, but the the other ones are just so good. Not to say that they're those three are not good. You just compare them with everything else that's in Phase Three. Those three are the ones that you know fall to the next tier. Um, but everything else is just so good that it's got to be an A. Andrew. I would give this. I would give this a solid ninety-seven, ninety-seven, ninety-eight. So I guess that, I guess that's I guess that's a plus, right? Um, the the only thing I would say, the only thing I would say that 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 keeps it from being a one hundred would probably have to be Guardians of the Galaxy two. I really hate that movie. I don't. I wish. I wish to fight all of you. I wish I could. I wish I could have liked it a little bit better. I liked it whenever it first came out, but after it just got forgettable for me. Oh, I'm punch you! I, <laughs> right in the gut. That and uh, maybe Spider-Man: Homecoming. What? Spider- Sorry, that was the loudest that, that could was, possibly Spider- be. That I apologize, but Spider- it deserves it. Spider-Man: Sir- <laughs> Spider-Man: Homecoming. I love the movie. I love the movie. 
It's not as good. You as are, are wrong. It's not as good as any of the others in here. You think that Doctor Strange is better than Spider-Man: Homecoming? I love the effects of it. I love the effects That's of it. That's not the answer to my question. Yeah. Say what? That's not the answer to my question. What was your question? <laughs> you think <laughs> Spi- that Doctor Strange is better than Spider-Man: Homecoming? <laughs> no. I think they're equal. <laughs> okay. I'm going to punch that, him too. Even that's a little bit borderline. I'm going to punch him in the gut as well. <laughs> I think you're going to get beat up after this show. You're going to get kicked off the podcast. Bring it on. I think there's going to be a nerd fight. Okay, bring it on then. Why oh, the hell? Do you think Ant-Man and Wasp is better than Spider-Man Homecoming? Oh, no. You need to reevaluate what you're saying then. Yeah. Because I've just hit you yeah. two things and, and, and have gotten solid no's. We're going to start having you submit your reviews prior to <laughs> these podcasts. Am I, am I laughing too loud? I'm sorry. No, he's deaf from me screaming at your awful, awful, awful words. Okay. But no, I'm this gonna... this is this is a solid 97. I'm sticking to it. 97, 98. And now you're done. <laughs> Zip it. So, well, I'm fucked. <laughs> so let's Jeez, put an explicit. Let's very briefly talk about what we have to look forward to because, on the record, we have very little to look forward to. But of course, we know that there's a lot more in plans that are not on the record yet. Yeah, and we can only open dream. Yeah. The only movies that we know for certain are coming are Spider-Man Far. Far From Home is really the only one absolutely certain. Yeah, we got a trailer and everything. Yeah, We know that James Gunn was just rehired for Guardians Volume 3. We yeah. know that will come sometime in the next 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, like 10 years or more. We know, we know Ryan Coogler is going to do Black Panther 2. Right. They um, signed him on to do that. I think we know Scott Derrickson from Doctor Strange has been signed on to do Doctor Strange 2. Yes. But there's no date for that. There's no script that's official. Yeah, do they have anything after um, Spider-Man that is official that they have made public? They haven't done anything public yet? No, they haven't. Marvel, from what I understand, has been very specific that they do not have any intentions to say anything about Phase 4 until after Homecoming comes out. Smart. Yeah. I and I I got to assume that means homecoming also far from home. Uh, or far from home yes. Do we think that we're going to have ties anything? into infinity I mean War. surely we'll have or something anything. in 2020. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was one thing I I noticed when I, we were going through the whole series is there has not been a year without a Marvel film since 2009. Yeah. Yeah. There's been at least one film every year since then. Since 2010. And I don't yeah. see them slowing it down. Like like you talked about earlier, David, there is no there's no signs that superhero fatigue is real. Box office wise, attendance wise, uh, pop culture wise, there's no signs of it. Right. So I see no reason why they would slow. Yeah. Perhaps there is, but it's but there's no such thing as Marvel fatigue. Yeah. Right. I mean, you but, know, there are some other super films that maybe don't do as well. Well, and that just goes to show that you got to make a good movie. Right. But also, sometimes you don't. Look at Venom. Objectively not a great movie. But I, made I an insane amount of money. We're way, way over. I think way overperformed uh, what they had expectations for it. Even then you do. look at um, Aquaman, which is not a fantastic movie. Mm. I personally didn't really care for it, but but, but um, the the overall opinion seems to be that it was generally good. Yeah, I, I not amazing. You could say it's on par with some of these MCU films that we haven't said. Some of are, the lower tier, yeah, yeah. that aren't aren't necessarily yeah. the most beloved, but it doesn't do anything that's just so bad. 
You know, it's it, but it's definitely it's def this making an Aquaman film is definitely better than what they we had pre two thousand seven. Yeah, I mean D, the DC, whatever is happening with them, is is the real solid evidence that there's no superhero fatigue because mm-hmm. even their bad movies are raking in money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also was going to mention they just Marvel just hired someone for Shang Chi. Oh yeah. yeah, I don't know who that is. No, and and you'd have to go into your Marvel encyclopedia to really know more. Um, he was rumored to be a character that might appear on the Iron Fist show. Iron Fist is a character they could probably do an MCU movie on if they wanted to, because they kind of and honestly they probably should have done instead of putting him in the Defenders. But Shang Chi would be their first Asian led film, which with the success of Black Panther, the success of Captain Marvel, and. I, you know, it's it's another sign that they're stepping forward, including more diversity, and that movie will probably do really well because people now have the demand and they know that, hey, it's got that Marvel Studios logo at the front. I'm going to enjoy this. So it, it's just they're committing to that diversity going forward. And then what else? They have like a, another I, movie now. I so just like. found another, a, a more a, a solid list. Um, we know there is a Black Widow movie in development. Oh yeah, that's right. That might come is out it going to star Scarlet or is it going to sh- be it's, a prequel with that uh, girl from Fighting with My Family? Um, uh, I both. guess we don't really know, but could be both. I yeah. think it's uh, my guess. My my instinct was both okay. that she would play a young version of, of Black Widow, <laughs> but I think there's also the possibility that she plays someone else in the, in a present timeline. Yeah, um, and that probably will come out in 2020. So I think they're filming that now, right? Or they're starting filming. They haven't so. started. Um, no, they just they just hired someone to re, to help rewrite the script last or in February, and according to the Wikipedia entry, filming is expected to begin in June okay. and last until September. So it's possible that Black Widow's on the on the twenty twenty slate. Okay. It could be like a November release or something like I that. I think there's so I never know quite the sources of this information. But I generally uh, trust Box Office Mojo has good good info on stuff. They have a a list of upcoming Marvel Marvel releases through twenty twenty two. Most of them are just untitled. Uh, according to them, there are two movies scheduled for twenty twenty: one in May and one in November. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think. Well, if Black Widow starts filming first, it might get that May release. Yeah. Um. And then who knows what could be um, the 2021. I honestly don't know how updated this is. It's very possible one of those is the old date for Guardians 3. Oh, yeah. Which was supposed to be 2020. Yeah, that's possible. So I don't know. So so um, Black Widow, um, a Doctor Strange sequel. We talked about that. Black Panther sequel, uh, Shang-Chi, Guardians Volume 3. Um, I don't know who this is, but The Eternals. Yeah, The Eternals. Um, oh yeah, I remember them talking about that. I don't know much about them either. So yeah, they talked about um, this is a this will be kind of a new group along the lines of say a Guardians or even an X Men type franchise. I think you have a sprawling cast they can go from. The if you were to pull up if you go to Wikipedia or if you know you might already know about this stuff if you're listening or if you have if you <clears throat> want to do some research on it. I know I don't know that much about them honestly either, but I know they're a big Jack Kirby thing. If you're a fan of Jack Kirby comic books and you want to, and, and if you don't know who that is, you just Google Jack Kirby art, and it is he's one of the most influential comic book artists of all time. And a lot of his elements were used in Thor Ragnarok, 
And I think that's what really made them think, okay, we can make this work. Um, these are kind of celestial god type characters. I don't really know how to describe them. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's pretty much it. And, I mean, the wiki entry for them says the Eternals are described as an offshoot of the evolutionary process that created sentient life on Earth. The original instigators of this process, the alien celestials, intended the Eternals to be the defenders of Earth which leads to the inevitability of war against their destructive counterparts, the Deviants. Now, now from what I understand, uh, we saw... we Well, I don't think he is in the comics, but they show us Ego. Ego claims to be a Celestial and Guardians of the mm, Galaxy Volume 2. I know that. Um, supposedly, um, Ego... Uh, supposedly, I could be wrong on this, Ego's brother, or he's also a Celestial, is the Grand Master, who we saw in Thor Ragnarok. So they've kind of been setting up some of these elements... Of who the Celestials are, maybe they'll play that into this Eternals movie, and supposedly Thanos is a rejected Eternal. He's like somehow something's wrong with him, and he gets rejected by the Eternals. Or maybe I'm confusing that with another group altogether. I could have my my facts way off, so don't necessarily rely on me. But I know that I I, I know that that's potential to be the next Guardians of the Galaxy for them if they play that series right. They have made comments in the past that they are looking to have their first uh, openly gay lead for a mm. film, and a lot of people are saying that Eternals seems like the film where that would be the most likely to uh, uh, happen. So we'll see how they what they go about there. Um, other than that, it's all speculation in terms of what Eternals is going to be about or how they're going to handle that. Yeah, and the, uh, they have hired uh, writers and a director for that movie, and um, filming is supposedly set to begin in August. Okay. this year then i would imagine that's gonna be that november release very possible with may, with may being the black so maybe widow we one. get black widow and the eternals next year yeah that that'd, could be, that'd be crazy the two um brand new franchises right um and the only other one on the on this list of potential future projects uh is and this information is several years dated so i don't think it's uh any i think it's just kind of bubbling Apparently, they're looking at bringing uh, Blade into the universe. Oh, I all yeah, about that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Blade yeah. is a Marvel character. Yeah, uh, the the Blade character event, I don't know when, but it, at some point, it, the rights did revert back to Marvel Studios. Right. Um, in 2013, The Hollywood Reporter said that they, had, they were working on a script, um, and in 2015, Wesley Snipes said he had had discussions. But then there's another po- point where... Um, apparently, ooh, let's see what the date on this article is. This cinema blend article from, no, that doesn't help me at all. It says two years ago. <laughs> oh. Tell me, tell me the date. So that's more recent. Potentially 2017, anyway, maybe. Anyway, um, potentially 2017, the cinema blend article says that Kevin Feige has, has said that they have no immediate plans for Blade. So okay. it might just be kind of like an idea simmering. They have the rights. They have. They totally have the ability in the future. I think they have no immediate plans for any of the Defenders characters to get movies. And I think something to do with their Netflix rights means that they can't for at least two years or something like that. But in theory, they could make a Daredevil movie in the next 10 years. They could make a Punisher movie in the next 10 years. Uh, Luke Cage could show up in the Avengers at some point. Like any of those characters, they have the ability... Anything they have the ability to work with now, and including what they're getting in the Fox acquisition, you know, like... They're that's not going to run out I mean, of characters anytime soon. We haven't even talked soon. about the possibility of X Men and Fantastic Four. Well, so X-Men let's let's make our bold predictions now because I feel like this podcast is getting long. 
And so let's kind of move it along and make our bold predictions of what we want to see or what we expect oh, to see. Somebody's getting bored with our conversation. No, no, no. no it's but just, we're probably right. We have gone what, on a while. Right now. about an hour and a half? Nope. Is not, it not? Not quite yet. Oh, close. Getting there. Well, then we can circle back. <laughs> I just figured we get to the, our bold predictions as we're talking about what they can acquire and what they have access to now. Yeah, that's true. Bold predictions. Um, Bart Simpson joins the Avengers. <laughs> I could see them doing some kind of like Disney Plus cartoon where they do that. I'd, I'd watch that shit. I don't really have a bold prediction. I mean, everyone, uh, if you if you read like film websites and, and other critics and stuff like that, everyone's like foaming at the mouth at the opportunity of X-Men. But mm-hmm. that is honestly like the most safe, le- least bold prediction you could make. Right. Of course they will do X-Men. Yeah. Of course they will do Fantastic Four. It's not even a question. Right. So... I don't know why everyone's freaking out about that. Like, that's just a given. Bold prediction-wise, I really don't know. Um, I think that the, the the best boldness I could I could muster is that they'll continue to pull out characters that everyone will say won't work, and then they will. Right. Okay. Andrew, yep. do you have a bold prediction? But I don't even know, you want to ca- think of I don't know the catalog <laughs> deep enough to even pull out those characters. The, right. The only thing I have to say... Like any- the Eternals? Sounds like something that won't work. Yeah. But I know it will. <laughs> Go on. No, no, no. No, no, no. Your face was funny. <laughs> my, it's a podcast. It's an audio medium. My my thing is, is my thing is, is I don't, again, I don't have any really bold predictions. I'm just kind of eager to see what Marvel can, Marvel can pull out of their sleeve. Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm really kind of dumbstruck. The only thing I will say, though, is, is that when it comes to in Avengers Infinity War, I mean, we will talk about that. I have, a, I have a, I have a prediction or Endgame. I'm sorry. Oh, do you have a prediction as to how they'll how they'll reset? I think that, the snap. The only thing I'll say is is that, and this what is all. What did you specific. just at him at? I'm worried about his prediction. <laughs> You'll see. Go ahead. Okay. Um, that Deadpool is going to save them. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'll say is is that I think we're going to have several main characters perish okay. and it's my bold um, wow my yeah i know i know holy mother of god <laughs> but my but my main characters would be uh, yeah ca- if you put names down that's bold okay put names down who's not coming back iron man and okay. captain america Being bold. and and because i'm thinking about it now a little bit more thor I think, I think th- all three. You think they'll kill three fourths of the core Avengers? Mm-hmm. I think this That's next. That's bold. I don't know that they'll kill all of them. I or think the next Avengers is going to be nuts. At least half, if you include Black Widow and Hawkeye in that yeah. group. Yeah, think, they're core. But I don't think, think they're killing man. Hawkeye. I don't think they they're going to. But I don't think they will. Yeah, I don't think they're going to kill them. But I do think that they're going to. I think I do think they're going to kill Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. Man, I don't think they'll kill Cap and Iron Man. I think one. And I think it's a coin toss as to which. I don't see them killing both. I know, that's it's that's hard to twisted. Yeah, one my, of them will fade away into the night. One of them will die. One of one of my predictions was that if one of them dies, it'll probably be Iron Man. But what they could do to Cap is they could have his super soldier serum stop working, and he just rapidly ages to the age he would be, and he just kind of like, okay, now I'm just an old man, or something like that, like a ninety year old man. And he's like, well, I can't be an Avenger anymore, but I, uh, I I'm not dead. So, so there's that. Yeah, you know. I, so, <clears throat> you mentioned X-Men and stuff, and that not yeah. being a bold prediction. I'm going to make a bold prediction involving X-Men, okay. in that I think the next big thing they do is Avengers versus X-Men. I think that they have a core stuff set up with Avengers. 
and I think that's going to be an ever-changing, but I think the next big thing that they try to set up is Avengers versus X-Men. Because people have, because of the X-Men franchise, you don't need to do origin stories with them. You can come out with an X-Men movie and have some kind of, or you can have X-Men popping up in some of these other movies, building attention leading to an X-Men movie or leading to some kind of Civil War-like thing between the Avengers and X-Men. I don't want it to be a one-off thing. I think that is something that you can build on for a while. I don't know much about the comic version of Avengers versus X-Men, but that is a next... I don't think they need to continue... I think they need to not necessarily pump the brakes on Avengers, but like you have this big, massive thing coming to a a change with Endgame. So to continue building with Avengers to without theoretically some of the main ones I don't think is necessary I think you need to set up something else and I think they need to clash I that's what I would do rather than be like we're gonna keep going with Avengers but you've got Ant-Man and Wasp and Doctor Strange and Black Panther and Captain Marvel like we already know them give me this give me a Civil War like struggle because like most X-Men are good. They're bad ones. All the Avengers are good. But if you put me in a place where I have to choose mm-hmm. Avengers or X-Men over a long period of time, I would be interested in that. Okay. Well, I'd so, pick the Avengers. Yeah. You so, say that. You no, can I do. I'm pretty confident I'd pick the Avengers. I, I mean, I'm sure I would too. Mostly for the fact that you just you just said there are some bad X-Men. Yeah, there are right. no bad Avengers. But yeah. there's some rogue. But quote, the the, ah. the the beauty of this series that was good. The beauty of that <laughs> series could be the Avengers don't know the X Men, so they could go after Wolverine. They could go after Cyclops, thinking that they don't know. They don't know that they're good and bad. So they are going against the good ones because they see the bad ones. But the good ones are going against the bad. And there's this whole cluster yeah. of confusion. Yeah, and that puts you of like. You know the the X Men are trying to be good with the Avengers, but they're also defending themselves because of the so it, they can do yeah. something with it to make it where like a, you have to pick a side and be like, oh, I don't know. I think the the ability, the opportunity to simple simplify the X Men uh, from what they have been. They've made I think eight or ten, and one of the two X-Men films, whether that's the actual X-Men films or the spinoffs. That is why I don't think they'll touch the X-Men anytime soon. I don't think they I even think there's, could. I mean, there's an X-Men movie coming out this year. Right. Like, there, And I think it's like the 10th or 11th X-Men film. Yeah, it's it's going to be the final um, X-Men movie from 20th Century Fox now, right. that, now that they're a Disney property. And I don't think they'll touch X-Men till that kind of dust settles. And I think when they do, they reintroduce them a little bit more simple, more stripped down, and really and back to those the core, right? I think I think they have an opportunity to tell stories that they haven't been able to tell for. The X Men have long been uh, metaphors for the other, you mm-hmm. know, whatever that group is, and because you have characters who are bad X Men, it kind of exemplifies that uh, that attitude there is today. That like oh, some. So there are some bad in, in every group, and that worse element always seems to prevail over the good uh, in the in the public's eye. So you have the Avengers trying to combat these bad mutants, and the good mutants are kind of getting caught in the crossfire and getting caught in the, the how the perception exists. And so maybe that becomes like a boiling point. We'll see how that happens. But well, and but, so but, I don't think they'll make a movie. I think you're right. My thinking is what they what I would do <clears throat> is create is treat it like. 
phase one mm-hmm. with the Avengers, where you have not necessarily post credit scenes, but you have X Men showing up, causing chaos briefly, mm-hmm. and just putting it in your mind and having the Avengers go, "What was that?" Yeah, and then that's it. You just lay the foundation that way because you don't need it. You're right. You don't need it. I mean, if you movie. do that, though, you're kind of you're kind of building up the X Men to be villains. Only if you have the bad ones in there, and then you introduce the good ones. As well, sort how do you of introduce like a, the good ones if, the in good a way that causes chaos, right? Without having them be villains, because you can have <clears throat> you build it that way. You only see the bad ones, so they you like Cyclops and them, the good ones that you know would not be there. It would just be some of the lesser known bad ones. Then you build up to an X Men movie where you see the good ones, but the Avengers have no idea. They think that all of these X-Men are bad. They don't know anything. It's kind of like when they met met Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time. They didn't know the Guardians existed. They didn't know if they were good or bad. It took them a second to realize, okay, they're good. But you can do that same kind of a thing with Mm X-Men and have it lay that. Like, eventually you'll realize that they're good, but there can be some kind of war. There's going to be some clash just based on not knowing each other. You look at even how most of the Avengers meet. They meet on somewhat antagonistic terms they're kind of all jerks yeah yeah at their core which we'll get to in our avengers stuff next week my two bold predictions actually i have one really bold prediction and then i have one that's very unlikely okay my first one and this i think actually could happen but i'm going bold i think we will see an all-female avengers team movie in the future um i think that they have some of the characters already set they will introduce more characters there in the future I think in the comics, they have a comic book called A-Force, which is just a team of uh, females. And they are uh, a sort of Avengers sub-team to themselves, and they have their own special adventures. I think you have a Captain Marvel-led... And this could be Captain Marvel's Civil War, if you will, where she brings in other heroes to her franchise. They could could go for it. They They could play it that way. Or they could just make it a, a sort of a standalone Avengers film. But I think that's a possibility. And it may not happen it may not happen before twenty twenty five, but it may happen. Okay. Like, you know, my my really like this ain't happening, but I really wish it would, is you want to talk about obscure characters. There's one obscure character that I absolutely love. Howard um, the Duck. <laughs> it's Howard Duck. They've already done He's it. hardly obscure he's anymore. There. Everyone knows. Right, he's Howard. back. Howard's back. Yeah, he's coming back. But I want a uh, Red Wolf movie. Red oh. Wolf is a Native American hero. He's very like uh, he's he's not got any like uh, wild superpowers. So you could be you could consider him a Black Panther for Native Americans uh, in that sense. Like none of his powers are so ridiculous that like it it, it takes a, you have to really get into it. He's just incredibly athletic, very strong. Uh, very adept at you know using weaponry and i think that if we're gonna if they're gonna really try to make an effort to sort of like focus on these characters these 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 cultural and racial groups that don't get highlighted much there's no group that's less highlighted in hollywood than native americans and i think red wolf would be a really cool movie to do and it could be a really small scale film like an Ant-Man where they don't have to have the whole world doesn't have to be at jeopardy. They can make it just one town or just one city or just one person. And you could, I think make a big movie out of that. So that is probably not going to happen. But if I had my, if I was, if I had a direct line to Kevin Feige, I'd be like, maybe make a Red Wolf movie. I don't know. I don't see why not. I mean, they're, 
they're expanding their cast for the Black Panther came out, right. Captain Marvel, uh, Shang Chi. Shang Chi's you know, on the way. They've got all of these diverse characters that they're working on, so I I would be down for that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this show. Um, Where do we rank the we MCU? Covered, we covered twenty one <laughs> movies A plus. in one A plus. podcast. Um, yeah, the overall MCU is great. Uh, if you can't tell, we like these movies quite a bit. Next week, we will be back with the first Avengers movie. Uh, we'll do the Avengers, se- Avengers series, uh, going from Avengers to Age of Ultron to Infinity War. Uh, hopefully timing this up with the release of Endgame so we can release our review of that uh, very quickly after it comes out. It's going to be a fun uh, next few weeks. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. You can find us online at so many sequels.com and at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. Um, we're also on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on all those different things. Send us your comments. Uh, you can comment on our posts on our Facebook page. Or if you're a SoundCloud user, you can comment right on the track and let us know what you think. Uh, what's your favorite Marvel movie? Who's your favorite character? We want to know all these things so we can, uh, I don't know, talk about it in the future. Yeah. And that's all I got. So until next time. You're part of a bigger universe. You just don't know it yet.